When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today, I'm in here with my man, Gator. What's up with it, bro? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Long overdue. That's what I'm saying. It's nice to have you in here, man. I got to refresh myself on a lot of like 2010s-ish era LA hip-hop that I, being that I had just moved here from New York at that time, I was not necessarily in tune with like I should have been. But, I mean, you've had a, a pretty interesting career trajectory that has gotten you here today. I really appreciate that, man. It's crazy that you say that because last night uh, Tory Lanez gave me the same type of compliment, man. On, really? Uh, one of these little blogs on Instagram, they oh, posted wow. about me. And he was like, yeah, man, Gator been an artist. He been rapping since 2009 with Tiger. So, man, I appreciate that, bro. That made me feel good, man, to know that people had their eyes open and was paying attention, man. Yeah, I mean, it's cool because you're sort of used to seeing people have, like, a career trajectory where they come out. And, you know, if they don't blow up within the first year or two, then you never hear from them again. And right. that's just sort of how it's supposed to be. So it's it's dope to see somebody like you who, you know, has had, like, you know, ups and downs and like has, has found himself in a position that seems, like, you know, very good at this point. Man, I'm just living up to the brand. You know, GED, I'm just grinding every day. That's just like me just never having this quitter mentality. I always want to make sure that I fulfill the destination that uh-huh. I wanted to see myself at. You know what I'm saying? So it's like being here feels good because I know I never quit. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it takes to be a true winner. Never quit. You're going to go through a lot of bullshit, ups and downs. You're going to lose a lot before you really get that victory. You know what I'm saying? Before you really take your victory lap. Right. Because, I mean, like, if you blow up your first time around, you you probably weren't going to be ready for it, right? Oh, yeah. I wasn't because I was young. I wasn't capitalizing on the business. Like, mm-hmm. I had features with Lil Wayne and all this, and mm-hmm. we was just not capitalizing on it. Well, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't thinking about, oh, man, maybe I should try to get a manager. or Maybe I should try to, you know, put my music out there in more in an efficient way. You mm-hmm. know what I'm so I was just having fun at a young age, like you said, just letting it, you know, marinate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, like when you were real young and shit. So you were born in South Central? Or? Yeah, South Central LA. I grew up off Western. That's why I got the Western piece on. I, noticed, you know? I used to live on Western, but yeah. like Western and Santa Monica. Yeah. Which is not really probably the part of Western that people think about when they think about the hood. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm from South Central LA, man. I went to Crenshaw High School. A lot of people don't know that. People see me and be like, man, you from Florida. Where you from? Atlanta. Mm. But yeah, I'm from LA, man. West Coast all day. You Why know? do you think that is that people don't give you the LA pass? Uh, because of the way I carry myself, the way I dress, the way mm. I talk. You know, like I'm not out here all, you know, just, I'm just different, man. Plus, you got to think about it. I'm international too. I'm world traveled. So. Mm. My image or the way I carry myself is going to be based upon the places I've been and the things that I've been inspired by. So I guess that's why I'm not putting that West Coast boxing. I really appreciate that, too, though. That means the world to me that people say, like, oh, where are you from? Right. But that's interesting because, like, so many people who are from L.A. kind of choose to really lean into that and make that kind of like the focal point of their whole identity and shit. I oh, mean, you nah. do have a Western fucking chain around your neck, so it's not like you're hiding from it. Yeah. But that's interesting that, that you never felt that way about yeah, it. Yeah, I never felt that way because, you know, one thing I say about me coming where I come from, the hood and everything, like, I love it. I appreciate it. It made me who I am today. I'll never forget it. None of that. But at the same time, you got to think outside of that. You know what I mean? Like, when I'm in the hood or 
things like that, I'm always thinking further, above and beyond. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's why I never want to really just say, yo, like, this is really where I'm from. Now, I'm from everywhere. Mm-hmm. I want everybody around the world to be able to connect with me. Did you feel like that even as a kid, though? Because, like, I feel like so many people I talk to get sucked into, like, the local politics of where they're from and, uh, and nah, shit like that. I didn't, that was I, never you? No, nah, I didn't get sucked in, man. You, you have an interview right now with a leader, bro. I mm-hmm. never signed up for a gang. All my homies do what they do, yada, yada, yada. But me... I've been in the house since I was probably like 15. I didn't come outside till I was 15. I was on a computer. I'm a nerd, bro. I'm a, a tech geek. I know everything about computers. I know how to build one from scratch. Really? RAM, ROM, all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to do a lot of stuff when it comes to computers. So I'm smart. So that's just what it was. I never really came outside till I got older. And one of my homies, one of my day one friends, is somebody that really showed me the neighborhood, like really showed me the other side of Western. You know what I mean? So I was really shelled in the house, yo. That's watching Ninja Turtles and wrestling and shit. That's interesting because when I look back at my, uh, you know, teen years and shit, though, I always, one thing that I think really helped me to, like, get out and, like, experience the world was that I was obsessed with fucking, like, the internet and stuff. And then my mom basically figured out that I was, like, pirating software and shit right. on AOL. So she got rid of the internet. So I had a couple years there where we didn't have any internet in the house. And all of a sudden, I'm out riding my bike every day, kicking it with girls and shit. And I, when I look back, I kind of feel like I would have just ended up like a super stay in the house ass stay on the computer type of kid and wouldn't have necessarily like got out there and and really got like my social skills up man shout out to you real quick i'm sorry but no jumper water that's a big move right wettest water in the world no jumper water appreciate it yeah it's really just a sticker you put on the bottle but hey but I, I respect the gander. You're gandering right now. I well, we were that. we were uh, getting sick of cutting the the labels that said you know fucking nestle or whatever off of them <laughs> Yeah. But, um, okay, so then, what, you, like, turn 15 and you start to, like, actually get outside more? What, what yeah, changed? because I knew, like, where I come from, it's dangerous outside. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the right people. And you always knew that. You yeah, I always, always knew like, that. You know what I'm saying? I grew up off of 38th and Western. I grew up off in the 60s. I grew up off of 108th and Western. So I've always seen the culture. Like I said, I went to Crenshaw High School, so I've seen a lot of crazy shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So. When I went outside, I would make sure that I was linked up with the right people, you know mm. what I mean, to keep me on the right path. Like, yo, stay away from this, stay away from that. That's why I said I'm a leader, you know what I mean, because I never decided to be a follower. Like you said, a lot of people get caught up on what's going on outside. But mm-hmm. when I came outside, I wanted to be focused, you know what I mean, so I wouldn't be distracted. Mm. Were you obsessed with rap and shit at that time, too? Or was oh, it- yeah, I'm a hip-hop junkie, man. I know everything about music, man. I've been studying the rap game since I was probably, like, 13 years old. One of my favorite rappers who wanted... Who made me want to start rapping is the brat. Really? Yeah, so, so, yeah. so functified. You want to know why, though? Because, look, all the dope rappers that was coming out at that time, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, all these dope artists, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But when I seen her do it and I seen her swag, I'm like, hold on, she a female. Wow. If she can do this, I can do it. So it really brought out the confidence out of me more. So shout out to the brat, man. That's like the female to start her stuff and made me want to start rapping <laughs> that's interesting because yeah i mean like around the time that you and tyga started doing your thing and stuff it was like tyga was definitely coming out with like a very different impression of what like a la rapper could look like and, and be doing oh well see that goes to play with us being around fallout boy mm. and gym class heroes you right. know what i'm saying so okay, we, he was we, always different. We got to get the order of how all this proceeded, though. So okay, you got start, a crazy resume, right? You start coming outside around like fifteen, whatever. Then what, what scene do you sort of get into, and how do you start being around people and meeting all these people that led to all this stuff? Uh, well, basically, when I first came outside, like I said, I was hanging out with Jeezy, we chilling, smoking, doing our sports thing, and then I'm on MySpace, like I said. 
some girl was in my messages one day. We talking, yada, yada, yada. She says, yo, come over to my crib one day. I go to her crib. Tiger's over there. She's okay. like, yo, this is my homie, yada, yada, yada. He dates my boyfriend. I mean, he dates my homegirl or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. So off the rip, we like, damn, okay, our names are similar. So that was funny. Gator and Tiger. Yeah, that was the Animal Kingdom. Yeah, okay. so it, we thought nothing of it. And then after that, we just became cool. And then we came up with the GED brand and everything together. And then Schoolboy Q was rocking with us. And then we went on tour, did our thing, blew up a little bit, got a little fame. That's how I got the, the verses from Wayne and stuff, because Tiger was over there with Lil Wayne and everything. And it was a great run. That was like the first half of my career. It was a dope experience, man. But, and so, then wait, I so, fell off. <laughs> okay. we I can, fell off. We can talk about all that, but what, what? so Tiger was already signed and already doing his thing as a... Yeah, I was there at the uh, the table when he signed his first record deal oh, really? for okay. Coconut Juice and all that. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so you. And just I know so people want to know this stuff too, so it's dope that I get to say it on this platform with you, man. And I, I appreciate you asking me these questions because I don't never want people to think like, "Oh, well, you on FX and you on this and that with Dicky now, you forgot about your past." Like, nah. Right. You know I mean, so I appreciate it. No, definitely, because I mean, I'm just sort of fascinated by that because that's one thing people always say about you is like, "Yeah, Gator used to be around Tiger, and then like he was part of that whole thing back then." But I feel like I have of the interviews I saw, I didn't really see like much like in-depth information about what you were sort of a part of that yeah whole time, that's because you know? you know when you in position you can actually choose how much you want to turn the light on on somebody you right. see what i'm saying you can see how much you want to do for someone you know mm -hmm. what i mean so that's why people saw what they saw but everything that you saw me doing is because i put myself in position you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying nobody ever never handed me nothing i saw opportunities and I rose and I, I did my thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. So what? Where was your mentality at though? When you see Tiger sort of like going through these opportunities and stuff, it takes like a certain type of mentality to realize that there's a big opportunity in sort of being the the, the right hand man. Right, right, right. While somebody's experienced in their come up, like that can oftentimes like help somebody to really get off the ground. But I also feel like a lot of times people kind of fuck up the opportunity when that sort of opportunity is in their face. Like what was your mentality at that time on that? Well, my mentality was I'm happy for my friend. Number one, I'm blessed to be here. Um, this is like a, a dream come true. Uh -huh. We're around all the top, top talent in the world, traveling around the world. We Japan and all through the U S so I'm happy. Like I said, I was caught up in the fun, mm. and I wasn't really thinking about the business, you know? I'm just thinking, okay, my boy on, we doing our thing, it's going to crack off, boom. We, we talk about certain things when the cameras is off, like, okay, we're going to do this and do that. And I was hoping some of those things came true. And then some of the opportunities that arose, they got shut down because of business or whatever the case may be. And when he transitioned to Young Money, I was never the person that was going to be like, well, you over here with Young Money and Lil Wayne, you should sign me too. I'm mm. like, let me get a deal. Like, I wasn't like that, like... The songs and the stuff that you heard from me and Lil Wayne, all that stuff came organically. Like, I'm in the studio, passed out, you know what I mean? And Lil Wayne wake me up himself. It was never, hey, this is Gator. Get him on the song. Like, mm. Tiger never did that, you know? Everything just happens organically. Like, I never forced anything. That's why people love me, because when I walk in go places, like, I'm not the person that's going to be like, unless it's right. my time, you know what I mean? But... Were you just benefit like when you talk about getting sons of Lil Wayne? Were you just benefiting to the fact that this is the era in his life where he was just going absolutely nuts in the studio and just doing so much Man, music? Man, you couldn't tell me nothing at that time, and you still can't tell me nothing right now because nobody could ever take that away from me. I mm. didn't do those songs via email. Right. I was in the studio, right there with him. Like I was chosen, picked up off the couch, woken up off my sleep. Like, uh -huh. hey, get on the song with me. You know what I'm saying? So that's priceless. You know what I mean? He really. Fucked with us. Yeah. He didn't wore my jewelry. You know what I mean? Like it's just 
It's just a real, real organic thing. Warrior journey, just like, 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 I'm just a, I'm like a, how you fucking with me right now, bro. Right. It's just how Wayne is, bro. But he was like, I'm a, let me get the GE chain. I'm going to wear it on stage. Bro, and we had a lot of shit or? going on. I don't know if you noticed, but these chains had got snatched at one point from mm-hmm. Tiger. Right. You know, while me and Q was there. And yada, 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 let behold, Wayne's so powerful, he get the chains back. And when he got the chains back, he like, don't ever let this shit happen again. Mm. And to let people know that y'all got the shit back, I'm going to wear it in the Glasses Malone video. Mm. So if you look up Glasses Malone, Lil Wayne, Birdman video, you see the GED chains in there. So that's how that went, man. It was like a real family, bro. Like, Wayne is a real boss, man. He a real good dude, too. Like, he didn't have to do that for me. Let me get three songs mm. with a nobody. You feel me? Let me just be able to say that for the rest of my life. That's cool. That's like. That is pretty crazy. It's priceless, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That's fire. So that that must have been a crazy ass era though, because last night I went on World Star and I was I was searching Tyga and searching Gata and going backwards and looking at shit from the beginning, and that was like a huge fucking chapter of controversy in terms of like the the chain snatching incident and stuff. What can you say? Shit about is real, that? man. Like it just made me realize, like no matter where we go and what we think of ourselves. Somebody's always watching. Mm. You always got to know that. No matter you got money, no money, somebody always watching you. Like, this social media shit is real, you know what I mean? So be careful what you post, you know, be careful who you be around. All that shit is real, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, you got to really think about what you're doing. Mm. Like I said before, I was playing checkers. Mm. Now we playing chess. You get what I'm saying? Right. It's like you got to evolve as a person, as a man. So it's just dope to see people paying attention, man. But that's kind of crazy that, you sort of ended up in the situation of, of being on the road and doing songs with all these big artists and everything because, in large part, because you kind of ignored all the gangbanging shit that was going on outside your front door, and then all of a sudden you end up in a position where you got to basically rely on the streets to help solve some of these problems, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. All the time, bro. And what's so crazy is, like I said, it's about being respected and connected. Mm. You ain't got to be a gang member. You ain't got to be out here pumping fear in nobody's heart but long as you a stand-up guy long as you cross all your uh t's dot your i's you good man you ain't got nothing to worry about just be genuine be pure and it just is what it is it's sad to say that i grew up in that environment and them circumstances but i'm gonna make the best of it Mm. at all times i was watching that uh clip of you like in japan for your first time on youtube oh man I could feel the excitement, bro. Like, that was sick as fuck because it is like, bro. I can just imagine if you've only ever even really been in America and then all of a sudden you're in Tokyo. I mean, it had to have blown your mind into a million Listen, pieces. Listen, dude, you just made the hair on my arm stand up. I still watch that footage to this day. Right. Just so I could get that feeling of like, damn, that was my first time in Japan yeah. coming from South Central LA. You know yeah. what I mean? Coming where I come from, that, I mean, a lot, bro. Like, it's dope, man. I mean, yeah, it's, like, hard to imagine. Like, once you're out there, that, that's the conclusion you're forced to draw. It's, like, this is another part of the world that developed, like, almost completely independent of everything that had to happen for where I grew up to develop. Like, you know, the food is 100% different. The people walk differently, move around differently, talk at a different speed with a different intensity, every single part of it. And for it was, like, that, that clip when I was watching it, it actually really did give me hype just seeing you with that, like, childlike enthusiasm for seeing something completely foreign to you, you know? Yeah, man. And I, it was like that my first time in New York. Like, mm. I got a New York video up there like that where I was just seeing snow for the first time. And I'm just like, damn. Like, you know what I mean? Some some of those moments I, I'll never forget, man. It is dope that you've seen that. Yeah. I ain't never going to delete that video either. Definitely. <laughs> Hell yeah. Wait, so, okay. How did you But how would you end up around Fall Out Boy and all that kind of shit? Because that was like, that's a pretty rare time in L.A. history in which you had, you know, all these rappers kicking it with like a indie emo punk type group for the first time and like actually 
really having the, the the shit blow up independently of each other and sort of having the genres merge together a bit. A lot of that hadn't really happened before at that time. Right, right, right. This is how it happened, man. Like I said, we was really living up to the brand, trying to make it. We knew Melrose was a cool place. Mm. It's probably why you put your store over there, because like you know it was a historical place. And 15 years later, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just crazy how, like, we was over there really trying to get our name out there knowing that a lot of cool people be over there, and yeah. it's a chance that we could get some exposure. So one day we was out there passing out Tiger's mixtape, Young on Probation. We see Travis McCoy walking down the street. Mm. I noticed him, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, that's the guy that's seen. Take a look at my girlfriend. And I'm telling T, like, yo, pass him your mixtape. And he walks up to him, gave him the mixtape, and that's how we linked up with Gym Class Heroes and Fallout Boy, that moment right there on Melrose. Right. Yeah. And they were already fucking huge, right? Yeah, they was huge, dude, like. Man, crazy dude. Like, I still, I still, man, I still can't believe I was around at those times. Uh-huh. Like when they out there with four or five tour buses back to back. Patrick, you know what I'm saying? All of them got their buses. It was just a great feeling, man, just to be around that because it groomed me to appreciate touring. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? A lot of artists don't like to tour. A lot of artists don't like to be out there with their fans. With people out there sweating, running out, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I really appreciate that aspect of the game. Yeah, a lot of people start acting like it's a hassle. Yeah, very like, early but see, on. if you, to me, if you don't like the tour, you ain't no real star, man. Mm. You ain't no real rock star. You ain't no real rapper. You ain't no real musician if you don't like the tour. That's just me, mm. person. That's just my opinion. I mean, because I'm a fan. Because <laughs> we, we are kind of used to like rappers going on tour and sort of having like a more like boring trajectory where it's like studio, hotel, show, get on the road. Whereas like when you're with like a band, I mean, you're like with like a bunch of people who are like the rock stars. So it's more. Man, it's a different world, man. Different attitude, right? But shout out to every dope rock band out there, man. I love a lot of dope bands, man. Like I picked up a lot of, uh, a lot of game from the rock world. Right. Definitely. So. Then wait, so and you said that the the thing about uh, gym class heroes, Travi being cousins with Tyga, that was made up by yeah, the yeah, that label? was made up, man. That was some industry shit that just happened because you know it's called a pitch. You know, mm. every time a new artist come out, they gotta have some type of pitch or some type of story. They didn't know what to say about you know Tyga. I mean? That was kind of yeah, like, they didn't know what to say. Like, how the fuck this guy from Compton get over here with this dude in New York? Right, you know. So they didn't know what to say. They're just gonna say, oh, they both light skin tattoos, they cousins. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But. It was crazy. Then you just sort of had to go along with that lie for a few years and just rock with it? Yeah, just rock with it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's Hollywood. It's mm. the industry. Don't believe everything you read. That's, right. a, that's a real, real deal statement. Don't believe everything you see and read. Like, everything is not real. <laughs> Definitely. So how many years... And shout you- out to Travis McCoy, too, while he's talking about him, too. Shout out to Travis. His birthday coming up, man. Okay. For sure. So... But when you were on the road with Tyga and doing all this kind of stuff, how long did that era basically last? And you, you were along for the whole the whole. No, nah, I wasn't there the whole ride, but I was there for about a decade. Mm, a decade? Yeah, it was a long time, bro. 2009 from, to yeah, 2000? Like, not, like, no, from 2006 to about... Oh, okay, earlier. No, no, almost a decade. Probably like 2006 to 2011, 12. Uh-huh. Like around there, like seven years. Okay. It's almost a decade. And when you were... Yeah, and when you were... Like, where was your mind state at? Like, did it start to get old to you after a while? Or why Why did it kind of end? Um, it never got old because when you're growing as a brand, as an artist, you're always going to be setting goals. And right. we were setting goals personally. Like, you saw Schoolboy was dropping mixtapes. I was dropping stuff, you know. Everybody had a plan. And where the plan went wrong is, you know, when somebody lose their deal and they go to another situation, mm. it's like, hey, there's not room for all y'all little niggas over here. Like, you know what I mean? We we came to get Tiger, you know what I mean? So I never want to step on toes and be like, yo, see what's up with me and your new situation over here, young money, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I ain't never that type of dude, bro. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm just a good friend. As long as he went in and he was happy, that's all we cared about. Whatever came around my way, I would make the best of it. Like you said, you never know when this shit going to be over with. So you just got to make the best of it every day. Well, it sounds like you were being pretty selfless. Did you? Do you look back on that and wish that you had been more focused on yourself at that time? Uh, Not really, because to be honest, I was focusing on myself. Like, I was doing things that I feel like the reason why me and Tiger not cool, probably. Like, I had my own publishers. Like, you know, we, we both rising. So we going to venues and people, like, coming up to me like, yo, I want to be your publicist. I want to do this. And what am I doing? Shit, I ain't got no record deal. I ain't got no contract with no major labels. So mm-hmm. I'm not here for me. So I was trying to make the best of it. So I started doing stuff, flying out and getting in magazines and stuff. And you never know, man. People will never know the real reason why me and T ain't cool no more. And to be honest with you, I really don't give a fuck. A, right. nigga, a nigga really out here winning, bro, and I'm still staying true to me. You know what I'm saying? And the people that I know, I love and love me, love me. So that's all that matter. <laughs> For sure. So did you guys have, like, an actual falling out, or did you just grow apart over time and kind of start nah, talking? Nah, we, we never had no falling out, no argument. You're not that type of guy that's going to be arguing with you face-to-face. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, some people just be on some, all right, I won't even speak on it. I'll just cut you off or whatever. Because I don't want to dig too deep into his situation or whatever, but just look at his circle, bro. You know what I mean? Look at Terrell. You know Terrell. You know what I'm saying? Get Terrell up here. I Ask mean, him. I, 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 okay, I, I think I can reveal that. You know that, what I'm you saying? Know, we did have a conversation you know about this, mean? but he – did seem to say that he thinks it's kind of crazy that Tiger don't really like have anything to do with any of the people that he was around during that man, period. Man, like life. I said, man, this shit is GD forever, man. You mm. feel me? This shit tatted on my face. Whether people think we cool or not, in my mind, salute to Tiger, bro. You went and doing your thing. You gave us some exposure platform, and we doing what we supposed to do. Because mm. at the end of the day, a nigga can't hold your hand to the top forever. You right. feel me? So. I respect everything you did for me, bro. That's why I'm here, right here with you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the real truth. I'm going to just always say that, bro. I'm never going to bash nobody, bro. You know what I mean? I'm never going to bash nobody. I'm not here to do that. You know what I'm saying? No right. matter if you fuck with me or not, I'm still not going to bash you. Even if a nigga don't fuck with me, I'm not yeah. going to bash you. I respect that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's how it should be. Um, okay. So you're probably going to get mad at me for asking about this, but... There was a very viral video back in the day mm-hmm. where you got into a physical altercation with Stunna Man's goons, I think. Oh, that was fake too. That that title that was fake. No, that title the title was fake. I oh, really got okay. I really got into an altercation. But that was not no Stunna Man Goons. Stunna Man Goons didn't send no he didn't send nobody for me. Okay. That was somebody that I knew. You know what I'm saying? One of my boys that I was linking up with, chilling with, gave the drop on me. You okay. know what I'm saying? He like, oh, I guess. Gators over here, and that's so how that World happened. But that never was yeah, some more you know, you know people, title. Yeah, mm-hmm. they play with titles. Think first of all, they said I was stealing an iPhone or something. Right. You know what I mean? I'm a tech geek, bro. I already got an iPhone. <laughs> you feel me? I don't need to steal somebody's outdated phone or whatever. You right. know what I mean? But whatever the case may be, that was just the title mix up. But I really got into altercation. Uh huh. Yeah. But so, how did you feel about that ending up on Worldstar? That was one was kind of like the when early shit, days of that. Listen, happening, to right? be honest with you, when that shit hit Worldstar, I'm like, I'm popping. You know why? <laughs> Niggas trying to get a name off of me. Mm. You get what I'm saying? That's how it felt. You trying to get a name off of me, bro? I'm popping. I'm on. You know what's up with me, bro? I'm running with Tiger. I'm running with Fallout Boy, Gym Class Heroes. Yeah, you might want to come beat me up. You probably mad. You probably don't like me. Right. You get what I'm saying? And you know it's just what it is, bro. Like that's just how LA is, bro. Mm. Like you know that, Adam. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, but that's the whole thing. Is like, did you feel from that situation like 
damn, I'm not moving right. I'm associated well, yeah, with all yeah, these yeah, famous yeah, yeah. people. Like, here I am in the hood having somebody have the opportunity well, look, to run look, up look, on number me. One, number one, moving sloppy as hell. Mm. Moving sloppy. I was young. I was probably like, what, 21 in that video? 22? I was okay. young as fuck. But, um, like, I was definitely moving sloppy. But, like I said, it, the biggest wake-up call was, I'm a somebody. Mm. That was the biggest wake-up call. I'm a lick. A yeah, lick. I'm a lick. You feel yeah. me? Like, a nigga could be like, oh, that's Gator. You know what I mean? But at the if same time, if you can time, get on World Star for beating somebody up, then that person is automatically like elevated to a different and you level gotta, of target. And when you're an artist too and a brand, you got to realize there's people out here that want to put you in a position to where they could violate you, put mm. your, make your brand look sloppy and tacky. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, when you got a pure heart and you just so real, nobody can stop the plan that God has got for you. Like you, like I said, a nigga did all that. And I'm still here. Mm. <laughs> you feel me like? Definitely. Um, okay, so then in between, like, what year would you say that the, the Tiger thing kind of stopped being a thing? And what, what Probably did you like sort- 2012. Okay, and so then what do you move on to around that? I fell off. I was on the block, posted up with my nigga Jeezy all day. Really? Writing songs in my mama's backyard, smoking Newport cigarettes, <sighs> walking to Maggie's store on Western, buying cigarettes two for a dollar. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Did like, you I have w- a Lucy spot? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I had a Lucy spot. I'm in the hood, bro. Okay. It's My niggas told me where it was at. They're like, man, you know, Maggie's got the cigarettes too for a dollar. Man, I was doing bad, bro. See, I didn't know. That I was you walking to the county right building, bro. EBT, eat better today. You uh, know what I'm saying? I was doing bad, bro. I was struggling. But how did how did that sit with you? Like, you know, having just seen so much of the world and like you're kind of just bro, back it, on some normal it, shit. It fucked me up. It made me realize, like, number one. My anxiety is through the roof. Mm. I went from traveling in the world to now I'm just stuck. Now I just got to start all over. Right. No cameras, no just me, my mind, my little circle, my personal support system. That's all it was. It wasn't no all of this right here. It wasn't none of that. It was like we need to do what we got to do to get back to where we got to get to. That's why I take my nigga Jeezy everywhere because – Every time I was in a dark spot, he was like, man, fuck all that, bro. Just keep rapping. Keep grinding every day, bro. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? So that's all I was doing, bro, was thinking positive. I never was thinking like, oh, niggas don't fuck with me. I'm done. I was never thinking that. I was right. always thinking, bro, I'm Gator. I got songs with Lil Wayne. I'm talented. Nigga woke me up off the couch to get a verse from me, <laughs> technically. Right. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I'm saying? But so, okay, so you're just sort of grinding away. Like, did you have anything that happened like because from like the public's eyes it's like you had this sort of down period and then all of a sudden you start fucking with little dicky and all of a sudden you're on again was there anything else that was popping along the way that sort of seemed like it was working or were you just sort of toiling away for a few years man it was stuff that was seeming like it was working shout out my nigga swayze put pick me up in a limo on christmas day on the block you know what i'm saying okay. swayze you know buzzing all yeah, over yeah. me that's my nigga too right there like uh, i met him on tour while I was doing the, like, the Fallout Boy stuff and stuff. But when I fell off, he was always a good friend to me. He never was on no, oh, Gator, you ain't on no more. You can't come around. You know what yeah. I'm saying? A lot of people do you like that, too. You probably saw a lot of that shit, what? huh? What? Man. Niggas be so fake, bruh. Wow. That's why when people come around and I knew they was fake, I mean, I'd be acting fake, too. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Learning how to be fake, these, important part of the game. laughing at these people, man. For but sure. at the same time, it's just like, I always knew that as long as I work hard, and stay focused, I was going to be in a good position. Because the mind is the most powerful thing, man. I didn't lose my... Well, maybe I did, because I am bipolar. So I did go through some some dark spaces, bro. At some, some points, I want to quit. Did you know that you were bipolar during all the Tiger stuff? No, 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 no. That no. was... Okay. I didn't realize I was bipolar till after. Okay. I was trying to, you know, get back in my groove and get back on. 
and I had a manic episode. Really? Like the, the episode that you seen in the uh, Lil Dicky episode, right. that was real. I really uh, snapped the laptop in front of my mom's, and I did that in a period when I was fell off. Really? You know I mean? Yeah, I was, I was going through it, bro. I was taking Xanax, drinking alcohol, you know what I mean? I was going through it, man. I was really not using the drugs. I was abusing the drugs. Right. Well, okay, so when you were on the road with Tiger and all that stuff, were you experiencing bipolar shit, but you didn't know what it was, and you just thought you were kind of a moody asshole or something? Uh, definitely, man, because back then, like I said, I always blame it on my youth. Mm. Anytime somebody do something and they're young and it's foolish and it's bizarre, you know, you got to just say he's young and dumb. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of things that I did that I probably didn't realize at the moment, even in my present, you know, like in the past, like I'll get into a, a loud, vivid argument with my manager or even Dickie, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I'm a human being, you know right. what I mean? So whether I'm hot, cold, I'm still human. You know Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you, you went through that one episode, you're talking about snapping the laptop in front of your mom and shit was like, was it really hard? Did it become harder for you to balance that? And, and turning to drugs must've just made the whole thing worse. I'm assuming. Yeah, because at first I rejected the medicine. Like, when I first was diagnosed bipolar, I was like, man, I ain't taking this, man. I'm good. I'm good, you know? Uh -huh. But then it would be days where I would ramp up and I would realize, like, man, you need to maybe take your medication. Like, you, you got too over, uh, what? Let's say, like, what, I wouldn't say energetic, but just, like, I was just too amped. Right. You know what I'm saying? Too geeked. Like, over something that wasn't even that serious. You know mm. what I mean? So that's when I knew I had a problem. And then I knew I had a problem when people around me were getting hurt. Like, my mom and sister would be crying, you know, just because I'm arguing or something. And they strong women. So, you know, I got to be off the, the meat rack for them to call the sheriffs to say, you know what, come get him out the house. Wow. Yeah, you know what I mean? Jeezy saw me in that state, man. That's why I always take Jeezy everywhere because he's seen a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, is there anybody who can talk to you when you are going through that sort of thing? Or is it kind of like, like how, how do the people who love you sort of deal with you when you are struggling in that regard? Well, honestly, now isolation and just me being with my dog and my girl is the best thing for me. Like mm. when I'm ramping up or something, it's like I don't expect people to understand. It's like you're not even in my shoes. Right. You don't even probably respect my opinion, you know? You might not be trying to make the same decision as me. So when I'm ramping up or whatever the case may be, I, probably, I just like to be by myself or then I like to call my manager or get my life coach on the phone or set up an appointment with the therapist or whatever the case may be or even do a no-jumper interview because right now I'm getting free therapy, man. <laughs> I had anxiety all day. I'm like, right. fuck, man. What am I going to wear up there? But I, I used to say that shit all the time about like, oh, you know, I feel like I get therapy when I'm on the podcast and stuff. But now that I'm actually in real therapy, it is a very different thing when you're sitting there with somebody who legally can't tell anybody the shit that you're saying that doesn't know you, that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of your life. And you feel right. like you can just sort of let loose about your like, most inner feelings. Like, right, you know, right. I get realer with my therapist than I think I'm probably capable. Nobody wants to see me get that real sitting here on the podcast you know but like nah you'd be surprised i broke down and cried on live tv bro mm. people loved it really you get what i'm saying people people love when you be vulnerable bro yeah like if you got on here and said some shit that people wouldn't expect bro they'd probably be like damn adam you going through that well i am too yeah you get what i'm saying there's definitely room for that but <laughs> you also you're always going to be conscious of what you're doing to your own public image when you really like open up and unload publicly yeah. you know i think that they're you definitely want to do i i feel like i've opened up a lot more through therapy but at the same time yeah i mean i feel like the therapy th the therapy thing is kind of difficult though too because basically you're talking to a stranger yeah 
that's the coldest part about it. Right. That's why I rejected it at first. Because when I was in CDRP, which is a chemical drug recovery program, I had a therapist. And I'm like, man, I'm telling all my problems to this person, and they don't even know me. Mm. But then after I stepped back and realized, hold on, that's the best thing to be doing. Yeah. Talking to somebody that don't even know you. <laughs> right. Because she probably couldn't. She don't even know nobody who knows me. She doesn't have anybody to tell the shit that I'm saying, you know? So exactly, I really man. feel like open and like a. We need to make therapy line. more cool in the urban community. We Lit, need to do that. Meek Mill tweeted that yesterday, right? Yeah, somebody uh, retweeted me like, yo, Gator's opening up. So I think we got hope. So that's why I'm saying that right now. Like, yeah. We need to make it more cool, man, because mental health awareness is important. important. Especially Can't be bottling up. Because, you know, people in the hood and shit go through crazy ass degrees of trauma. But they don't really process it like that. Like, nobody's thinking, oh, I saw somebody get killed on the street in front of me, so I should probably have somebody to talk to. Whereas in, like, upper class, like, white communities and shit, that's, that's a given. Some, some girl dies at your school from an overdose. They're putting you in therapy. They're fucking, you know, like, they, they understand that that's, like, traumatic. Whereas I feel like a lot of people in the hood, they're, they're just so used to going through shit that they don't process it the same way. And that's what's so crazy, man. We should never have to just be used to negativity. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's why I like to just speak up and tell people to go get some resources, speak up, you know, get help. Because that's the best way to get a solution to your problems. Definitely. And I mean, but do you credit the fact that you basically are like working with like a famous white guy now to feeling like you can be open about the therapy shit? Like, like maybe if you were around, maybe if you were assigned to fucking Gucci, man, you wouldn't feel like you necessarily had people around who are going to be oh, yeah. open-minded to you even talking about your mental health situation yeah, like that, right? Yeah, that's definitely all LD. Mm -hmm. LD gave me the, the comfortability of being open. You know right. what I'm saying? You see how he expressed himself. He's always himself 100,000% of the time. You know what I'm saying? So me saying, hey, I'm bipolar, that was all his idea. Really? He sat down with me and my family, you know what I'm saying, respectfully and said, hey, I want to share his story. Are you okay with that, Gator? At first, I was like, man, bro, come on. What you doing, man? You trying to change up my gander. I'm supposed to be the cool dude. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be right. out here looking like I'm crazy. And then he like, nah, man, you're going to be inspiring people. You're going to be motivating people. So that was all LD. He's the reason why I'm able to get on here and just be so comfortable. Because I'm like, man, LD say crazy shit all day. Fuck it. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you? So prior to that, you had never really mentioned it publicly? You would never say on your Instagram, like, man, I'm going through this never, episode, etc.? Never, never, never. You can ask my boy. He knew I was dealing with bipolar for a long time. Uh -huh. And it's just now coming out. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I never wanted to express that to someone. Like, yo, I take eight to ten pills every night. Right. I wake up in the morning and I take a pill, you know what I'm saying, just to make sure that my nerves is good. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to express that at first, but now... I mean, are. you're kind of lucky to be alive at this point in history in general, outside of just the dicky thing. I mean, because now people like, you know, bipolar used to just be like something people would use as an insult constantly. Now, if you were to say like, oh, that dude's bipolar, he's a piece of shit, he's a crazy fuck, you know, somebody probably going to check you and say like, bro, you can't yeah. minimize mental health like that, et exactly. cetera. Yeah. I've definitely been through a lot, man. I'm just glad that I got people supporting me, understanding. And I'm just glad that other people are opening up, too. Like, now when I look in the media, I see other athletes, other mm -hmm. entertainers, other rappers talking about mental health. So I feel good that I was able to share my story, man. Right. Damn, that's amazing. Okay, so um, 
yeah, like you're sort of in this down, fallen off period, et cetera. How do you sort of like find yourself in the graces of Dickie and, and your career? When does your career start to look up again, basically? Was it was it the Dickie thing or was there anything before that? Um, basically, like I said, I was hanging out with Swayze, going to little shows for him and opening up like at the observatory. He let me come out, rock out, just play music and just, you know, hype mm-hmm. the crowd. But that was never no moment where I feel like, oh, I'm back on. Because like, think about it. You can't really impress somebody that's been around the world all the and got songs with Lil Wayne, show me a check. Right. You feel me? That's when I'm going to feel like I made it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't feel like I was on my way until I linked up with Dickie, and then we start touring again, and then I start getting to the money, and then we start thinking about our ideas together, and then he started really letting me know, like, I'm a staple in this system that he's in and his brand, and he, he made me feel like family, important. So besides the money and the fame and all that, when he let me know that he was a real person, hmm. like when my boy got shot, and he, Dickie sent food to the hospital. Right. That's what I'm like, man, Dickie's a real friend. It's not just about the business. Like He really cared about me as a person, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's when I started feeling like I made it, when so he started showing his heart. So how did you get introduced to Dickie, and what do you think it was that made you stand out to him as somebody he really wanted to fuck with? I'm sure that over the years he's met a million cool-ass dudes that could probably help put him on more game in the rap game, whatever kind of help he needed to sort of get deeper into that shit or, or to be able to, you know, work within that world. What do you think it was about you that that made him like, nah, this is the dude that I want to really be working with? Personally, I think it was just my energy and my resume and then the connection between us. I'm sorry I didn't answer your question, but um, <laughs> it's okay. my bad. The way I met him was uh, through Anthony Martini, who was a manager of Tigers, and he linked me up with him, said I got a new artist or whatever, yada, 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 come meet him. Oh, so and, it was really early on. Yeah, and oh, I didn't, okay. uh, didn't Dicky didn't like me at first, because when I first came in, I had a fake cameraman, fake personal assistant <sighs> and everything. But basically, I think it was just my energy letting him know that, yo, you're a dope rapper, but yo, bro, I want to make it too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just, just that. You know, I think he respected my grind and my mind and just my mentality. And I just put a battery in his back. Like, yo, you dope, man. So let people know. And that's just what it was. Did you really think he was dope or were you just saying that because you nah, needed I this opportunity? No, I thought he was dope. Right. You got to think about it. Look, the opportunity is cool. Being a hype man, that's yeah. cool. You go around the world, get some money, get some exposure. People know about you a little bit through this other artist. But at the same time, when I signed up for the job, I didn't just sign up because I'm going to be a hype man for Lil Dicky, I signed up because I believed in his dream. Right. I, I heard his song, Ex-Boyfriend. I seen the video. I seen the visuals. He put it up in one day, got a million views organically. Yeah. He didn't have to pay no company. It just got organically a, mu- a million views. And then I heard more music. I dug in and I started doing my research. I heard Westbrook on the forum. I just heard all his music and I digged into his content. And I'm like, yo, his wordplay is phenomenal. No music video looks like his. Lil Dicky got the dopest music videos, bro. Mm. Seriously. Yeah. I'm not just saying it just because I'm his boy on TV, but ain't no other rapper going to put up a million dollars on their own money and be like, yo, this is what I want to do. No rapper doing that. They're going to go spend their money on jewelry. Mm. Only person that's going to put up a million of their own money for a video is like Dickie and Kanye. Isn't he signed? Why does he have to put up his own money? It's, you see, is Dickie signed? See, people don't even, Dickie not signed, He's bro. He's not signed? Independent, bro. Oh, what? Okay. Independent. He got some, you know, connections and stuff like that, but ain't no Def Jam, ain't no Sony, ain't no Warner Brothers. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like Dickie, because he really self-made. Yeah. Damn, that's fire. I remember I didn't really, like, 
understand him that well, but then I saw him at fucking ComplexCon a couple of years ago and just saw the fucking crowd just erupt when he came out. Oh, yeah, Long Beach. Yeah, and I was like, holy fuck, I do not know anyone who listens to this dude, but he is fucking huge. This is crazy. And then I started to look People into People just more. respect the craftsmanship. Mm. He's a genius, man. To be able to put out music and be able to transition and say, you know what, I have my eye on the prize. I wanted to do a TV show, bro. Like, how could you not salute that? Like, the music grabbed people, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, just is what it is. When he started talking about the TV show, how did you feel about it? And, and are you surprised that it's gone so well? Because I never would have thought that, like, his music was always kind of like, you know, some part of hip-hop fucked with it. But really, like, a lot of people were kind of outside hip-hop. And then a lot of people in hip-hop maybe just kind of didn't understand or thought, like, oh, he's successful. That's cool. I never seen like I, I never thought the reaction like I seen with the show where it just seemed like universally everybody was just fucking with it like that that was kind of surprising to me. Were you surprised uh, when it first came out? I wasn't surprised just due to all the like the work that was put in and I knew the people that we had on the show. Right, I'm like people gonna fuck with this, of course. You know right. what I'm saying? But as far as it being the number one show on FX in comedy history and stuff like that, and we coming back for a season two, I couldn't see that. Right. Because I'm just dwelling in the moment. You know, I'm like, damn, this first season, show's out, people loving it, it's cool. You know, but when I start realizing, like, we doing it again, that's when I was like, damn, Dickie, he doing this. Like, he, he really did it. Like, right. Even though when he did the first season, it was, like, big to me. I got the L.A. Times cover and everything. But just to know that you're still going and people loving it more and more, I'm on no jumper today. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit is dope. Dude. What about just the fact that they got like fucking Thug and Gunna and Trippy Red to just act? Like I, I never, I, I never would have. If I had a show, it would never even occur to me in a million years. Like, oh, maybe I can get Young Thug to play a role on the show. It just did, does not seem like the kind of thing that he would ever do. Yeah, were, but you were around for all that. And I like, was there every day. Right, every day I was there. First season, every day I was there, and it's just crazy. Like when all those people came out. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Thug came, Gunna came, damn, the Kardashians came. Right. But then when I sat back and realized, I'm like, hold on. This is the highest level. Mm. Think about that. This is the highest level. Like, this is TV, bro. Mm. This ain't the radio where people just hear you. People going to see your face. Rappers want that. The Kardashians want that. You know mm. what I'm saying? So it wasn't, like, unbelievable once I sat there and thought about it. I'm like, damn, this is dope for everybody's brand. Why wouldn't they want to be on TV? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just dope, man. Definitely. Uh, okay. One thing that kind of stood out to me in the most recent season was just the, like the episode where basically there's like a confrontation of like you being the black guy who doesn't really fuck with the gay jokes. And then Dickie and Benny Blanco are just in their own world of just making like the gayest fucking jokes to each other ever. That episode to me was almost like so cringe that it was kind of like uncomfortable and then i felt like i finally understood it when you came out and we get to like they get to see themselves through your eyes and like sort of realize like oh like i don't know this is hard to make sense of like what how did you feel about sort of being the voice of reason in that episode well honestly i always feel like the voice of reason sometimes you know because when you're an artist and you focus and stuff and you on your path you're not really trying to hear the outside. You got tunnel vision, you know mm. what I mean? And I respect the fact that Dickie comes to me and be like, hey, what you think about this? And like you said, and like you saw, I get to be myself. Right. I get to be like, man, I'm going over here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what yeah. I like, bro. Because I'm know? always the sus one, like with AD. I'm always the one saying some sus ass shit. AD's bro, it's like, like oh my God. Bro. It's like you're a little Dickie. Yeah. And he's. Basically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, it's like 
the best of both worlds. And at the end of the day, it's the truth to all of that. All that stuff that y'all saw Benny and LD doing, besides LD and Benny, other people doing that. You mm. feel me? So what's the big deal? You know what I mean? And that's just the world we live in, bro. You see all this LGB, you know. LGBTQ. Yeah, like, it ain't, dude, nobody should be offended at this point. It's 2025 right now in my mind. Mm, (laughs) Definitely. So were you playing a slightly more homophobic version of yourself in that episode? Man, I was really being my real self. (laughs) And I don't have nothing against nobody homosexual or nothing. I love everybody. Like, that's the best part about being a human. You're a human being. You're a human being yourself. Look at those two words. They go together for a reason. Just be yourself. If that's who you want to be, go ahead and do it. But nobody going to be able to say nothing if you win it. You know what I'm saying? If you win it, so what? You win it. Do do whatever you want. You win it. (laughs) But that's like kind of... Bro, that whole episode is kind of like a metaphor for like what you said of like dudes just sort of getting in their own mind state and thinking that random shit is cool that's not necessarily going to read as cool to the rest of the world, like calling mm-hmm. each other Chuck 5,000 fucking times. It's like, you know, it might yeah. seem funny just between you and your friends, but there's always that weird moment of like you're trying to process your inside jokes to be funny to the outside world, and sometimes you have to like check yourself and realize like, oh, maybe they're not ready for that. That's not going to seem funny. Man, I love the feedback from that episode. Because I had people coming up to me like, yo, it was crazy. And then I had people coming up to me like, yo, we loved it. So it's like, it mm. goes both ways, man. Like, as long as you're doing what you want to do in life, you're successful, man. But that had to be like the most contentious episode, right? Because I read a fucking Pitchfork article shitting on that episode specifically. I man, was like, Pitchfork, wow, man, Pitchfork shit on everything. Shit. Pitchfork yeah. probably shit on me right now. <laughs> they shit on everything, bro. Right. You got you to gotta think about it. Whenever you do something, somebody always going to have something to say. Right. So... It don't matter what you're doing. Just do it. Nike it up all day, bro. <laughs> Definitely. Do you feel like you're, like, past the, the part of your life where the hate could get to you? Like, do you ever read something in the, uh, on Twitter, on, on Instagram that, like, really kind of hits home? Man, I'm way past that, bro. Y'all, y- y'all seen the resume, man. Mm. People know I've been doing it for a long time. Like, people can say whatever they want about me. Mm. But as long as I'm able to know that I got something to look forward to the next day, as long as my mama happy... You know, long as LD happy, that's all that I care about, man. Long as my fans is happy, like long as I'm happy, like nothing else matters. You can say, what can you say about me that's gonna make me feel bad? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I already never knew my real mom or dad. You never knew either of them. Nah. You know what I'm saying? I was so you're ad- a foster kid. I was adopted at 18 months. It's like wow. you can't say nothing to me to make me feel bad, bro. I'm wow. from the ghetto, man. You get what I'm saying? Like nothing. Can re- I'm strong like that. Like that's just what it is. That's just my persona. That's just my character. Like, I've been through a lot of shit, so somebody that don't know me commented online, it's not going to hurt me. Right. Like, as long as they see me, that's all that matters. Like, <laughs> Did you always know as a kid that you were adopted, or did you find I out I didn't know until later. I was probably, like, four or five years old. You know, my mom and my sister, they didn't want to really tell me. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And my mom and my sister is my auntie and my cousin. But, you know, they really didn't want to tell me. They want to protect my feelings. But as I got older, I started, you know, manning up to the story, sharing my story, you know, because I'm proud of who I am. Right. Was there, a, when you were young, though, like, did you feel like you were supposed to be ashamed or that, that you were supposed to feel like oh, yeah, definitely. something bad? It would fuck me up when I would go to Van Ness Park on uh, Van Ness and Slauson all the time. I used to play basketball up there, and I would see people up there with their moms and dads and stuff. Mm. Or you go to the barbershop, my sister taking me to the barbershop. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like I see people with their dads in the barbershop. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So little shit used to get like to me, but now it don't because I take care of my mom and my sister, and I'm the man now. So Right. Does that so, make you want to have kids? Oh, definitely, man. Mm. I just, I definitely want to have kids, but I just want to have them 
at the right time, which they say you'll never find the right time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, I'm a family man. I want kids one day. At least like for the guy, it's more open-ended. For the woman, it really needs to be the right time because their life sort of changes more dramatically. Yeah, they can't even have babies after a certain age and stuff like yeah, that. They have the time limit and, you know, they're the one with the thing growing inside of them for like a year. So that's kind of controversial too. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's very interesting. Congrats to you too, man. You got a beautiful family, brother. Appreciate it, man. Eight that's months. Tight. That's tight, man. Eight months. And she fucking eats dirt now. This is like a new thing I found out about. <laughs> She just goes to the plant and she just picks dirt up out of the plant, and eats the dirt. So that's that, if you want to have kids, you got to be ready for things like that. I was I didn't know that was gonna happen. Man, I'm still trying to manage my Frenchie, bro. He be shitting everywhere. Mm. <laughs> Crazy. I hear that. You also were on a song with Kendrick at one point too. Oh, what you just say? Kendrick, run that back. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I got a song <laughs> with Kendrick Lamar and Tiger and Schoolboy Q from like 2009 called Summer Girl. Yeah, did that seem like a big deal when you were doing that or not so much? Uh, it definitely felt like a big deal because okay. I'm like, this is GED, me, Tiger, Schoolboy Q, uh-huh. linking up with TDE. And yeah. we already knew like, damn, Kendrick on his way up. And this one, he was still KDOT, you right. know what I mean? So just to be able to see him really live up to the potential that he had. Uh-huh. Like, he was in there doing that verse with no pen, no pad, no nothing. We we sitting in the back looking like rookies. You know what mm. I mean? We like, damn, Kendrick just did his whole verse like that. And we was, we was mind-blown, man. Like I said, man, I really appreciate everybody that really digs in the archives because I really appreciate those moments, and I can't wait to create more dope moments like that, man. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that that at that time, Kendrick, you know, he definitely had a name for himself, but he wasn't like what – he became sort of after a good kid, Mad City. That's yeah. sort of like reached a different level. But another reason why it means so much to me, because like Draco said, way before the fame, you feel me? Like mm. people going to remember that type of stuff. Like Kendrick could walk in here right now and he going to say what's up to me mm. off the dribble. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like it's just priceless, bro. Like I love history, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was one of my favorite subjects at school. For sure. That's how I feel like sometimes when I'm getting ready for interviews and I'm watching all this shit for 10, 15 years ago and I'm digging into the deepest corners of somebody's YouTube channel and shit. But wait, how old are you? Me? I'm 35. 35. I'm 37. Doesn't it feel kind of crazy to have like multiple lives within your life? Like, like, oh, yeah. That's why I look back at all those days riding BMX bikes and I'm just like, dude, that was like another person. I can't believe I'm the same person that got to live that life. You want to know who made me realize that? RZA. I just uh, shot a short film with RZA. It's a movie coming out called Not an Artist. Shout out to uh, Alexis Pappas and what's Jeremy? What's his last name? Teicher. Yeah, Jeremy Teicher. He's a producer. Uh-huh. But yeah, we did a movie and while I'm on set, RZA just tells me some real shit. He's like, yo, let me holler at you and stuff. And we talking or whatever the case may be. And he like, you got two halves to your life. From zero to 40, that's your first half. From 40 to 80, that's your second half. And if you make it 80 and beyond, you're blessed. You uh-huh. win it. So he was just like, everything that you do in your first half as a man, don't bring what you do in your first half to the second half. So like in the first half, if you blowing crazy money on girls and jewelry and doing drugs, don't bring none of that shit to the second half. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was a good breakdown. And I salute to RZA for giving me that gym. Yeah, that's real. I, 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 was, I said recently, and I feel like it almost kind of is the same thing, is that you have like the clout half of your life and then you have like the money half of your life or like the business taking care of your shit part of your life i feel like so many people spend like their 20s and and maybe part of their 30s being focused on like being popular being well liked getting girls out the ass etc etc and then at some point your temperament sort of slows down a little bit you realize maybe there's not as much for me to gain and just being popular all the time you know 
Nah, you're right, man. Because when you level up as a man, you want to make sure your responsibilities match your age. Mm. You get what I'm saying? When you get older, you be starting to feel like, damn, I ain't got this. I ain't got that. You know what I mean? So, like I said, you really got to start focusing and taking care of your responsibilities. I'm still trying to, you know, handle my business every day so I can become better as a man, as an artist, and make sure that my second half is dope. Mm. You know what I mean? And if you ask me, looking at my first half and my second half, I'm doing well, and I'm going to continue to thrive, and I just want to get better, bro. Yeah, we always want people to be ready for the fame and fortune or whatever when they're, like, 21 or whatever, and that's just incredibly difficult to do. Like, you just need, like, a slow bubble in order to be able to figure out what the fuck you're doing, you know? Yeah, man, you want to take your time, man, because if you just rush it, you can crash and burn, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. You can crash and burn. And I don't want to crash and burn. I want to... Fade away. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. When you look at your life, what are some things that you really want to accomplish before you're gone? Uh, I definitely want to open up a business. Mm. I got to have me a storefront like Adam 22. That's one, of, man. that's one of my goals, man, to have me a store, some type of restaurant, some type of something. Um, I want to open up a mental health facility for the kids in my neighborhood or any neighborhood Based upon, yeah, you know what I mean? I got a lot of things I want to do. I want to sign talent, you know Uh what I mean? Because I can't rap and act forever. Well, I can act forever, but I can't rap forever. So when I'm at some point, I want to sign some artists and do stuff like that and just take more of an executive role. But other than that, man, I just want to keep thriving, bro, and just doing well. Definitely. Are you uh, thinking about acting outside of just Dave? Oh, yeah, I I do. You didn't hear what I just said? What? I just did a short short film with RZA. Right. You feel me? Yeah. How was that? (laughs) It was dope, man. I'm doing a lot of of good things, man. Like, um, I got some roles that come across my table. Can't speak on them, but I'm doing the acting thing. Ever since I got a little couple Emmy nods or they were saying like, oh, Gator should be mentioned for the Emmys, I'm really taking the acting thing serious now. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm really doing it. Yeah, man. One time I talked to Riza at a party, and that, that was kind of part of what was going through my head, too. Is I'm like, I was like 12 listening to you rap while using Angel Dust. Like, Damn. that's pretty amazing. Like, like, you're at a very different place in your life, and I'm at a very different place in my life than when I was at my, like, prime Wu-Tang listening part of my life. You know, like, it's pretty fucked up just to think, like, you know, because literally none of the cells in your body are the same, like, 20 years later or how i'm not sure how long it takes for your whole entire body to regenerate mm-hmm. but like that's pretty fucked up to think about like that you literally like the the version of rizza that i was listening to at that time is not it's not this it, yeah. it shares no chemical compounds with where he's at right now yeah it's crazy man kind of fucked up we're gonna be the same way too yeah real soon we're gonna be old as fuck <laughs> like not, you're gonna have to wear diapers one day oh man. i mean not you but like somebody <laughs> like us you know at some point, you're just not going to be able to hold your shit in. Just I'm like going to be baby. good, man. I think I, I think I get free Charmin for life. Shout out Charmin. I did a, a rap battle, a crap battle with them, with Lil Yachty and Lil Dicky. Really? Yeah. And they told you we're going to give you diapers for life, even though you don't need them right now? <laughs> 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 if you ever have a kid? That's funny, man. We're going to get in touch? Yeah, man. Fuck. All right. Um, all right. Anything else that we should uh, keep an eye out? Man, for? y'all should keep an eye out for my song right now. Video coming soon. Check, check. up out. Yeah, check up out right now. Mm. Uh, it's on all platforms. Apple Music got the music video coming this week. Um, what else? I'm working on a lot of things. 
podcast, Ghetto Brilliance Podcast. Oh, so you have your own podcast that you're doing now? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm okay. working on it. You oh, you're working on it. I'm okay. working on it, man. I'm putting it together, man. I've been working on it for a while behind the scenes, but I got so much stuff going on, man. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a lot. More music coming. Uh, let me see. Is Check the first real music video you've done yeah, since check up. all this stuff has yeah, kind of check up. Yeah, Check Up is the first official music video that I've done since I've been on a, a hiatus. But uh-huh. I really ain't been on a hiatus, man. I really just been 10 toes down with LD, helping him, and then building my brand on the side slowly, you know. But I'm here now, man, and I got a lot of shit to do and then conquer, and I'm excited. Motivational. Yeah, and we got all new Dave. Oh, yeah. I don't know when you putting this out. When you putting this out? Oh, like next week. This week? Probably next week. Oh, well, if y'all put it out. Before Wednesday, all new day Wednesday. Watch that shit. <laughs> Let's go. Yep, yep. Appreciate My you, man. man. Appreciate you, champ. Much love. That was hard. Gata, no jumper, coolest podcast in the world. YouTube patrons are on the screen yeah. right now. Patreon.com slash no jumper. If you want to fuck with us, there's boobs on there. Like, comment, subscribe. We out. Appreciate yeah. y'all. Love.